and I play the triangle. Um, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your legal questions, uh, email them, greg at morningbuzz.com, Laura, or roadkill at morningbuzz.com. Uh, this is a quick one. Yes. Uh, if a person is arrested, arraigned, and then not processed or non-processed by the police department, is there an avenue for court action? Does that make sense to you? It doesn't make any yeah, sense to so me. So there's a term called null process. So what they do is they arrest someone... They arraign them, so they enter a plea of not guilty, and then they ultimately decide not to pursue the case. There are certain limitations for um, police in terms of their exposure to civil uh, liability. Certainly, I'd want to know more about the underlying facts of the arrest to give you a definitive answer. Certainly, there is the something out there called uh, sovereign immunity, which subjects uh, allows towns to have certain levels of protection. It goes back to the time of the king. That's why they call it sovereign immunity. Pretty sure so, Scotty, uh, Scotty was talking about sovereign immunity earlier yeah, this yeah, morning. Yeah, I saw him open up here. for Raven a few years ago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for who? Um, the band Raven. So, what I would tell you is you, it's a fact-intensive analysis, and you'd want to look at that. There is something out there called malicious prosecution, but if they decided that they were not going to prosecute you, then they've done their job and not you know, brought the case uh, to court in terms of a trial. Okay, Scotty. Uh, my daughter's father left the state six weeks ago and has changed his phone number without notifying me. I have since found out through another party that he has moved to Florida. He has not attempted to contact my daughter at any point. How long do I need to wait before I file for sole parental uh, responsibilities? Well, there's not a particular limitation. What I would do is contact counsel, tell them about the circumstances of him, if you will, abandoning uh, his child. If it's only been a week or so, I would perhaps want to give it a little bit more time so that you have a more robust presentation for the court to actually consider. If your counsel suggests that, I think it would probably be a good idea to have that conversation. And you can make those adjustments. And that's why the courts are there to make these adjustments because life happens. Things like this unfortunately change people's circumstances and children you know, need to be in, a, in an environment that, that is stable. And the so, last thing you're going to want to have is patience <clears throat> at that. You're just going to want to get it over. Yeah, that's been I like know, six weeks. Yeah, I that's know. a long time. You know, I guess if, if that's, if you if it is, there was it six weeks, I, yeah. I didn't catch yes. that. Yeah. So if it's been six weeks, then I think it's time for you to have a conversation with a lawyer about changing the the uh, the visitation, custody, and so forth. Giddy and up. also child support as well. I'm sure that'll be tied to it. Giddy up. Go ahead, Laura. Uh, now I don't know all the right terms, but routine hysterectomy. Fitzula, it's a hole in the bladder. After reading medical records, hole in the bladder was made during surgery. Stitched, not told to us. After months going to Boston, 95 days, uh, the injury was not fixed. But I was told if another doctor can correct or even partially fix the doctor's error, no legal recourse. So what I would tell you is that in these, again, in these cases of medical malpractice, 
having qualified counsel look at the facts is really valuable. Many lawyers that do medical malpractice actually have nurses on staff. They, Some of them, in fact, I know a couple have doctors that they consult with as part of their staff. And getting more information about the underlying circumstances will allow you to determine whether or not this is a medical malpractice case. There are outstanding firms. If they want to give me a call after the show, I'm happy to refer them to someone that could help them with that question and at least get a better answer that I could provide on the air. A couple of the questions that we got to were like really long. We can't we, I can't read a one-page long question. I can't. But you can e- email him directly, ryan at russmanlaw.com, and, and he can handle those and questions And I'll do my best way. to answer it. And yeah. again, like that medical malpractice question, if it's not an area of practice that I do on a routine basis, then I would refer you to someone right. that does to get you the information and you need. What he is, can't answer it. His new dog, Ruby, can. Yes, Ruby Lou. I, Ruby actually Lou. Have a, yeah. I have a dog question. Uh, oh. So here's one that I, a lot of people think or, or have questions about. What is the law around uh, police officers sitting on the side of the road with their lights off? Also, can they pull people over and unmark cars? Yes, and yes, they do it Wait all the Wait time. Wait lights on, bro! No. I didn't see you sitting back there. It's no. very sneaky. I will tell you that uh, many a time <laughs> I have passed policemen in, in, if you will, spots that I was. I actually smile and go, boy, that's right. real creative. You yeah, know, like right. it's it, it, They're tucked away in a corner. You don't see them. They can do that. They don't have to have their lights on. No. Y- here's the thing. Don't speed. Well, and here's the other thing I would tell now, you. Now, wait a this minute. Is, no, no, no. Wait a minute. I'm not saying I don't. I'm just saying, like, if you don't want to get caught, then don't speed. You can go five miles an hour. No problem, right, Well, I, I, would can't, I can't advocate over that. Advocate that. No way. What about 20 but, in but, a school But what zone? I can tell you is this, that particularly for people that feel that they're being pulled over by an unmarked cruiser and they're not sure that it's a legitimate stop, you can... You know, pull over. Do you don't have to roll your window down? You can call dispatch and ask them if, in fact, a stop is going on. That is certainly a reasonable thing to do. Be polite, be respectful, but you know, obviously, be smart about these right, things. And right. if you're being pulled over and it's an unmarked car and it's late at night and you have some concerns, go to a well-lit area. Pull, go to the police station. There are things that you can do. And uh, you know, I have seen these reports in the news. And I'm sure people as well have seen them. You just want to make sure that you're being pulled over by someone legitimate. It seems to me that traffic is moving more briskly than ever before whereas the speed limit is 65 and you would go 75 there are people doing plus 80 oh yeah, and, oh, yeah. And nobody's getting stopped no, i'm not saying don't get me wrong i'm not saying that the police aren't doing their job i think they are no but i think the general speed people are going, is, uh, going faster well and here's what's happened the quality of cars is improving so the air if you will that's traveling around you don't hear it as well so the sound the road noise is lessened so you can travel and not think that you're going as fast here's another interesting point and this is a shout out to my friend trooper storm who runs the airplane unit yeah. these guys they put the signs after they've already clocked you oh yeah so when you see the green signs on the it's side of the road guys it's a it's game over there you was are, a, you're cooked i was driving down a giant hill and i look i'm like what is that thing coming right at me it looks like a ufo dummy <laughs> right <laughs> it wasn't go ahead your uh, dog question okay well i don't know if it's a dog but i was recently denied an emotional support animal by a landlord at an apartment complex I know this is against the law. What can I do to fight it? You can talk to the Human Rights Commission about that. Uh, they have a mechanism and avenues for you to pursue, and that's where I would start my uh, my problem-solving process with those guys. Okay. It's recently been brought to my attention that my employer has wrongly and illegally classified me as an independent contractor. Is there a statute of limitations on when I can do something about this? I'm out a lot of money over all these years, and I'm thinking of hiring an employment lawyer. Well, 
I, I can't speak specifically on the statute of limitations on that particular employment question, but if they contact me off air, I have a relationship with some employment lawyers in Concord where I can put them in touch with them and they can get you the answer that you're looking for. Why? It does sound interesting that they would you know, suddenly <coughs> reclassify you in that circumstance. Why does New Hampshire charge people with two different DUIs for a single offense? And can they change me? Can they charge me with DUI if I'm parked in the vehicle, is not running, keys not in the ignition? Well, the question on, I'll answer them in the reverse order. So there's a question about whether or not you have physical control over the vehicle. That's a fact-intensive question, looking at where the keys are and your ability to operate that vehicle. So that's certainly something the court will look at in terms of the question of operation. Yes. What if it's not a, what if it's a push-button ignition? Well, well, again, that's an interesting question because that's become the trend in vehicles. And so if you are close to the car in terms of you're sitting in the front seat, there is a fact-intensive question. To Back to the other two parts of the question, why do they charge you with two different DUIs? One is charging you generally under the influence. The other one is alleging either a high blood alcohol concentration or result. They're called alternate theory complaints, and they can only convict you of one of those, but that's why they bring two complaints, because if the officer's blood alcohol results are suppressed, that is not admitted into court, they can still try and convict you based on the other factors they observed on the side of the road. So the, the question I, I just asked you said was an interesting question. Would you say it was a great question? I'd say no. it was a great question. No, yeah. you can't do that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Just do. He's a part of the, but he's a part of the show. So okay. if I say great question, it doesn't. We'll explain you. later. Okay. 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 Go ahead, I'm a legal. Okay. I'm a legal gun owner. I have a friend who is a convicted felon that is on parole. What are the legal issues that could happen if I'm carrying my weapon around him, or if I enter his apartment? Well, so long as you're the one that's in possession of the firearm, your felons are not pro- are prohibited from having firearms. If you leave the firearm at his house, not a good situation because they would have control over that. So as a responsible gun owner, you want to make sure that your firearm doesn't end up in the hands of unqualified people. And that's why I would tell you that if you know the status of this individual, you don't want to be in a situation where you leave it in their car, you leave it in their house, or it's unattended in any way and it's not on your person. My 23-year-old son hit a moose. His insurance company denied his car, totaled it. Oh, excuse me, deemed his car totaled, and now is dealing with the insurance adjuster. He has deducted from the value of the car things from the accident, like glass all over the car, scratches in the fender and the hood. Again, he hit a moose, and it landed on his car. How do we deal with getting the correct value of his car? Get a new adjuster, I'd think. Well, you can't necessarily get a new adjuster, but what you can do is look at you know competing Blue Book values. Kelly Blue Book is one of them that I think would be a good reference. You can go to dealers, get estimates that way, and that way you can get, if you will, a body of evidence to say, listen, the value of the car is X, the procedure that you've given me and the, the value you've given me is Y, let's find a way of compromising on that Does subject. that not sound correct, <clears throat> that he's deducting from the value of the car the damage which was caused by the accident? Listen, that's that, he's devaluing the car my, based on the accident he's in and not the value of the car before the accident. Again, my experience has been that insurance companies are very quick to take your premiums and very slow to pay you when you need I'd it. I'd shake that guy like a British nanny. And, and if I don't like the... That's my personal Can opinion. I get another one? Like, I, I don't want to deal with you. You're an idiot. I don't know if yeah, they can I, do I, that. I th- you, you, can, you can ask. I don't know that it's going to improve your situation. Laura. Uh, my husband told a marriage therapist during a session that he wanted to commit suicide. Then he said he didn't mean it. Should the therapist have reported this threat? He unfortunately did kill himself a month uh, later. Is there a law that the therapist should have reported this? Do I have any legal recourse? Well, there's, there's a Tarsoff case, which uh, is from, dates back from the time that I was in law school, talking about when, in fact, there's an abrogation of the doctor-patient privilege. And without knowing more, 
if the person said that they didn't mean it and it was in fact a reliable recantation of that threat then there may be some cover for that particular therapist. You'd have to look at the entire body of work that that therapist has done with the individual to know whether or not that recantation was in fact something that they could reasonably rely upon. And of course, not just that recantation, but the evidence that may have come after that, because there may have been therapeutic sessions beyond the date where that admission was made and the recantation was made for, the, for someone to consider. So those are certainly factors that I would want to know more about before you know, commencing any sort of litigation. This is probably, it's a joke. I'm guessing it's a joke. But sometimes people write in weird things and you think it's a joke and it's actually real. Okay. So I don't know whether or not. <laughs> I usually delete them if I think they're. I know. Okay. I know. Uh, my goat got my neighbor's goat pregnant. <laughs> what? Will, will, I, will I have to put out for this? My neighbor's goat is always in my yard and mine and never uh, leaves my yard. You don't have to put out. No, and it's, it's, goat already it's from a woman. So I, I, it, I can't answer that question. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I know this this animal husbandry is certainly something that's prevalent in, in parts of the state. I know that people, um, you know, <laughs> just be happy you don't live there, Kelly Brown. Uh, there might be rights of recourse, but I, I couldn't answer that over the air. I, I just don't know. Wow, that's Never crazy. encountered that before. Yeah, well, you know, that's what we do. We, br- we bring the, the, we, the tough cases. I love it. We bring the tough cases. <clears throat> uh, let me see here. Okay. Um, uh, my son drove up from Virginia in August using my Easy Pass, which he does whenever he drives up. I could see the amounts in my account, and all looked good. He recently got a paper from New Jersey showing a pickup his truck saying he didn't pay a toll. The bill is for fifty-one fifty for a one dollar and fifty cent toll. The rest is administration fee. What? I print off all the other tolls and cleared the way, uh, and cleared all the way back up to show that we're paid for. Could I get away with just paying a dollar fifty? I can't answer that question in terms of what the New Jersey statute would do. I can tell you from my own life experience that I one time received a notification from Florida indicating that my plate was, in fact, going through a toll. It turned out, after I challenged the the ticket, that, in fact, it was the same plate number but from a different state. The photographs that are often used in these circumstances are grainy and not particularly clear. And you may have an opportunity to, if you will, contest this this matter and I certainly would $51 on a dollar 50 ticket that's extraordinary it's worth you know making an inquiry whether it's a phone call or an email to see whether or not you can contest that and very often the technology might not have properly identified your or your vehicle through that toll I would uh, I've had several things that uh, came that got kicked back on uh, when it comes to PayPal uh, uh, easy pass. Easy pass. And I will tell you, every time I've called, they've taken care of it. Yes. They, every every I, time. I've had the same experience. Yeah. So I, I think it's worth taking uh, a few minutes to return a call and see what you can do. Uh, my father-in-law got a botched surgery uh, by the VA. While he was under the influence of morphine, the VA tried to get him to sign a document stating he will not hold them liable. He has been in pain ever since and can no longer work. Uh, again, I heard you cannot sue the VA. Is this true, or does he have a case to recover compensation for not being able to work, plus pain and suffering? I, I would want to refer these individuals to folks that do medical malpractice cases. Circumstances like this might be an option for you to circumvent certain, if you will, immunities that the government has. I don't do enough medical malpractice to answer that question over the air, but I'm happy to, to see if I can put them in the hands of people that can answer do that question. Do you know if it's true? And I mean, if you don't, I'm sorry. But do you know if it's true you cannot sue the VA? I, I've not heard of that, but then again, it's not a subject of litigation I've encountered, so I want to have the question answered by someone that, that's uh, you know more, if you will, uh, involved in that medical malpractice arena. 
Uh, okay, does a stepfather have any financial obligations uh, to a child during a divorce? No, a stepfather. I mean, there's no blood relation. Right. No, there is not that relationship. I will tell you that very commonly, if there's been a bond built over years, that there may be some, if you will, uh, agreements in terms of visitation, but very unusual. If I have a felony from another state, Indiana, uh, that is due to be sealed from nine years ago, do I need a lawyer in both states, or do I only need one in this state? If the offense occurred out of state, you would want to follow the out-of-state process for either annulment or having it sealed. New Hampshire lawyers are schooled and educated in the areas of the law here in our state, and I would encourage you to seek out counsel in that state to ensure that the process is properly followed. I want to open a consulting business in the state of New Hampshire. What offers the most protection, an LLC or an S-corporation? It depends on when you say the most protection. Protection from what? So I'd want to know exactly the nature of the consulting, the type of business you intend to operate, the circumstances for which you would be interworking uh, with the public. And so that, again, is a more fact-intensive question. Happy to have a conversation with you about it. If it's an area of practice that needs more robust answers, I work with counsel that can help you get the best answer. So the other day, uh, I was driving down the road and uh, saw a couple of uh, police officers pulled over a guy, and they were giving him a sobriety test, a field sobriety test. And I thought of you, <laughs> obviously. Okay. Well, you know, because you you're always just never far out of my mind. Wow. But I, 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 wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to ask, just again, because it comes up, and people, you know, it, when, when people make a mistake, uh, obviously, and they're in a bit of a situation, they freak out. And so it, do, you, do you recommend... What, I mean, what, what are the recommendations from a defense standpoint? Well, and when I, it comes to, do, you, do, you, do they lead, tell you to take a, blood, a breathalyzer? Do I you, lead with this every time. Don't drink and drive. Well, I know it's perfectly legal to do so in this state. There are bar- parking lots in front of every bar and restaurant. People drive there. They drink, then they drive home. It is legal to drink and drive. It is not legal to drive impaired. And so if you feel like it's impairment to any degree on a spectrum of zero to ten, zero being stone cold sober, ten being near death, if you feel it at all, even a one, it's one and done. Don't drive. One of the things that I can tell you about, and if there's any you know, folks that are listening in the legislature right now, one of the things that needs to be changed in this state is that people that subject themselves to a breath alcohol or blood alcohol result, and they have a high BAC, that is something over a .16, unfortunately they subject themselves to actual jail time. The same individual, if they chose not to participate in the blood or breath testing, are not going to face those enhanced penalties. So for the individual that makes the choice to actually do as they're required, or I should say not required, but as they're supposed to do under the implied consent law, submitting to a test, they actually subject themselves to longer jail uh, to jail sentences, longer losses of license mm-hmm. versus the person that doesn't. So there is a, a school of thought that says that if you do participate in these blood or breath tests, you actually subject yourself to even more enhanced penalties than the person who just refuses all testing. Do we, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. are we seeing, I, I'd have to think we're seeing a reduction in the number of, of DUI cases o- over the over the country, the national We have. It's, it's a phenomenon that is actually a great trend. It's actually heading in, in the downward direction. I was attending a seminar down in Boston recently, and <laughs> communities that have Uber, communities that have more robust, uh, if you will, public transportation, the guys that specialize in DUI defense, their practices are being decimated. And that's actually a great thing, because we want to see a reduction. We want to see this actually eliminated so that all of us on the road are, are safe. Yeah, I'll tell you, when your kids get to be of age where they can, uh, where they can drink legally, and uh, I, I think nothing of, of saying, if I know they're going to go out, they may not even live at home. I'm like, I'll pick you up. 
Yeah, no, then exactly. Then I would rather call me at twelve thirty. Yep. You can call me at one. I, th- we will make arrangements. If like, look, if you're not going to Uber, if it's too far to Uber, I'll, I'll be there at one. I'll pick and, you up at and, one. And I will tell you from from experience in my hometown of Kingston, there was a circumstance where some policemen came upon some young men drinking. They confiscated the, the alcohol. They yeah. told them to drive home, and they ended up getting killed. That was a long it time is, ago. Yeah. It, it was a long time ago, yeah. and so it has really changed the mindsets of lots of people. And as for parents, I would rather have. A child get home safe oh, yeah. than to run the risk of them trying to get home in a state where they shouldn't be driving. It's funny, though, how I- any decision you make uh, as a parent is immediately judged, not by the courts, not by the law, but by other parents. Right. It's so, it's so funny that, oh, oh you do that. You're enab- not enabling. They're legal. I'm just, help- I'm just helping them. That's right. all. And you don't I'm wanna... just helping them be safe Absolutely. and make a good decision. Absolutely. And you I know? think it's a, an important conversation. And here's another piece. Parents really need to start having conversations about about alcohol and drugs at a much younger age because they're being, if you will, exposed to it in junior high and even at the end of elementary school. So it's never really too early to have conversations about good behavior and being a good citizen. Yeah. It, it, the, the, uh, the one thing I've learned by uh, experience is that it happens before you're ready. It happens that you are never ready. You always think it's too soon, whether it's alcohol, drugs, or sex. That conversation is going to happen before you think it, but before you're ready. Absolutely. Or you and think they're ready. Exactly. You know, do you have one more, Laura? Yeah. I recently wrote an arrangement of mu- music uh, from a popular video game, but I'm not sure how to get the rights to legally perform and or publish this. What's the arrangement? What's the legal obligation for these arrangements? How can I get the proper rights and stay on the right side of the law? Well, there, there are circumstances where intellectual property can be protected. And having a conversation with a lawyer that does intellectual property law, such as what you're talking about, I think would be incredibly important. Because if you don't protect yourself, then larger corporations can actually just take the idea. And if you don't protect yourself, that idea or the music, if you will, your creation is gone. My wife was rear-ended. Uh, the other insurance company admitted 100% fault and cut us a check for the vehicle damage. She was sore and... W- Did we already ask this one? Nope. Oh, okay, because nope. Lord just... Uh, uh, she was sore and went to the doctor. She had some lingering neck and so- uh, arm soreness. She's still going to PT, and we haven't closed that claim. Should she get something for pain and suffering? Uh, we aren't looking to get rich, but it did put a damper on our end of summer. We had rented a lake house and couldn't kayak swimming or anything. Well, what I would do is when you make your demand upon the insurance company, you want to factor all those circumstances into the amount that you're requesting because it's not simply just the medical bills that you're seeking to have, you know, uh, if you will, uh, resolve. But you're right. There are circumstances in terms of your life that you haven't been able to enjoy. And that is certainly a factor that insurance companies should take into consideration when, you know, cutting the check. Can you be charged with passing counterfeit money if you did not even know it was counterfeit? A great question. So what I would say to you is that in it depends on the how the bills were presented. What I've seen, and, and this has actually occurred in, in a circumstance that I had many years ago, uh, if the quality of the instrument is such that the layperson can't disin- d- differentiate between a counterfeit and a real one, then the the mental state that is the knowingly part of that I think would be subject to certain, uh, if you will, challenges. So you know, computers, printers, they're becoming more and more sophisticated, and you want to just, if it's a large bill, that's what they typically use in counterfeit circumstances. You want to look at that. They've actually developed many, 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 if you will, sur- sur- uh, substances on the surface of these bills to know if it's counterfeit or not, and you want to be looking for those things. So what you're saying is, if you will, uh... <laughs> Owned it. Wow. 
Come sorry. on. No, dude, don't be sorry. It's fine. So, Listen, you know that being a part of this family yes, means that we're going to bust balls. No, it's That's okay. That's what we do. Right. And, and you have, have got, you've come a long way towards doing it a little bit to us. You are welcome. I'm trying. You are welcome. To give it back. No, dude, you're doing great. Okay. So, to, to be able to do this for an hour and take questions and, and, and go from one subject to another unprepared without hearing them. Let me tell you something. I mean, you know this. We've talked about this. Very impressive. Thank you. Very impressive. I'm, I'm sorry about the if no, you will. No, dude, I think, I, just, I think it's funny. I think it's funny because if it was me, he'd have said it. Yes. He'd have given it to me. No, you know? I'm grateful You're for the You're part of the family. It's what we do, you know. Uh, okay, so look, there are a couple long, really long questions that Send I got. Send them to me. I did forward them to you, you so you uh, you can handle those because I can't. Uh, I can't. we can't read through those. Right. But great questions, as always. Great answers. Uh, Counselor Ryan uh, Russman. It's Ryan at RussmanLaw.com if you want to email him yourself. Uh, and he'll he'll help you out as best he can. Okay, that's what we can say. So until uh, next month, Counselor, nicely done. Lumpa Nation, thank you for having me. And Great to talk with you. Can all. we teach you any more? Uh, no, words? I think I'm going to teach you. He needs a month off. One for the road, dude. Uh, no, I think I'm good. <laughs> We're going to laugh about that for a while. <laughs> I'm sure Your you face will. was just great. <laughs> I didn't get it. I, I know. I know. I, think that's, I love it. I but now you away. know the term. Now yes. I do. <laughs> Lovely. Now the question is, when he hears that term in public, and he now I'm knows what it is, I will. How's he going to react? Right. I will. Probably yeah. still not given. When you leave me. here, do you shower? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's not a word you hear all the time. I will no, say. It is not.